Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited about my next guest. Before I get to her, I wanted to remind you that you can go to ExitCoachRadio.com and listen in our audio library to over 750 interviews with advisors, authors, and thought leaders on over 40 topics. So we have 40 topic file folders, everything from uh, growing your business value to working with family members in your business uh, to preparing for your exit, of course, and life after exit. So please go there and listen to the wisdom of all of our guests. My next guest, I've been, I'm very excited to have her on, Michelle Tillis Letterman from Executive Essentials. And Michelle is a Vistage speaker, which means she's good at what she does. As a matter of fact, she's an accomplished author, speaker, communications trainer, and executive coach, and CEO of Executive Essentials. And she's frequently quoted in the media, and her client list ranges from Citibank to Target to Madison Square Garden. And today she's going to explain what relationship networking is and why it matters to your personal and professional results. So, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. It's good to be back. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you back. And, you know, it's it's always um, it's always great when people come back. We get to talk about um, uh, the past, but also some new ideas. And today we're going to talk about all kinds of different new ideas that you have. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about Executive Essentials and how you started it. Well, I am actually a recovering CPA. <laughs> so okay. for all those people out there who have thought about this is not where I'm meant to be and, and making that really big, large transition, I did exactly that and founded Executive Essentials after dealing with a lot of um, communications and management challenges within the financial services industry, um, not just as an um, employee, but as one of the only women often in the room. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I always say I founded the business on all the mistakes I ever made or ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, and and you're doing quite well with it. You're you talk all over the country. You have some great clients. Uh, what are some of the biggest um, things in the uh, uh, Executive Essentials Toolkit? I I have a mission. Uh, I'll just put it right out there. My goal is to help individuals and organizations communicate with three things, confidence, clarity, and connection. And so our entire suite of customized training and coaching programs are with those goals in mind. So we do everything from negotiation skills, presentation skills, conflict resolution, team building, um, relationship networking, which is one thing we're going to talk about, um, how to interview, to hire the right candidates. It's everything under that communications umbrella, but it looks a lot of different ways, and we call it a lot of different things, but that's always the foundation. So confidence, clarity, and connection, real important stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, I didn't used to think it was important, but now I realize that networking is very important to business. Why is it so important? Oh, I can give you so many statistics. Um, 90% of executive-level jobs come from networking. Um, I've seen studies that show between 55 and 80% of all jobs at any level in your career come from networking. Um, 70% of people with an active mentor relationship get a promotion. 
So we're talking about building those internal and external relationships to have that career development and advancement. Or even for the entrepreneurs out there, um, getting business development, people would rather do business with people that they like rather than somebody um, that they don't trust or like, even if the product is better, even if the price is cheaper. And that's actually why the, the subtitle to my first book, The 11 Laws of Likeability, is people do business with people they like. And so, I mean, networking impacts us in so many different ways. Um, and the biggest one is that it makes things easier. Whatever the results mm-hmm. you are trying to accomplish is going to be easier when you can leverage the relationships you have around you. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, these days we're we're in a relationship world, and those relationships are getting built on a daily basis, and you can't be everywhere all the time. So getting into uh, these networking situations are great because I belong to a couple of uh, large networking groups, and you can you can further your relationship with as many as 30 or 40 people at a time in the right environment. And uh, it's just a great way to continue to get in front of people and, and build that relationship. So important today. Nick, you have people out there listening right now going, no, thank you. <laughs> and they're saying, I don't want to do that. And that's fine. And that's one of the keys to relationship networking is that you don't have to do it the way somebody else does it. So for you, Bill, that's great. That works for you. You like it. It's, it's, um, it works into your schedule. It works into your life and you enjoy it. For the people who don't enjoy that, we have to find a different way to do it. And the idea behind relationship networking is one relationship at a time um, and to, you know, develop it and build it and connect within that relationship and build it over time. So I think those relationship, um, those networking groups are great and those conversations that you'll have will be one or two people, you know, in small groups um, and they, they occur over time. That's why some of those organizations thrive because they create community. If that's not your thing, you can make, you can be networking on the playground you know, you can be networking in the supermarket. You can be networking at the laundromat. I mean, I will tell you one place I've networked, which is on the line to a ladies' room at a conference <laughs> or okay. a line to a ladies' room anywhere. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't be doing that kind of networking. That's not smart for me to be in a line to a ladies' room networking. But uh, for for a lot of people, what you're saying is you always have to be open to the possibility that you're going to meet someone and you better be ready for that particular situation, Right. Absolutely. Uh, networking, I hate the word because it has the word work in it. And I want to take the work out of networking. I just want you to think about connecting and making friends and building relationships in all aspects of your life. Because even the personal relationships that we develop can affect our professional results. And I, I've got proof of that personally. Now, it's funny because, you know, in talking to people, and I've I've belonged to some of these organizations for several years. And you talk to some people and they say, I have not gotten any results out of this organization over the last year, two years, and others that are just as busy as they can be. Now, part of that might be that their occupation is a lot easier to refer to than others. But what are some of the other reasons why um, people might, their networking might not be working? Well, sometimes when we do these networking organizations, um, it doesn't. It's it. It can feel inauthentic, right? I'm there to get referrals. I'm not really there to meet people and build connection. And when you are very transactional in those events, you're not going to be the one front of mind. You're not the one who's building trust. You're not the one who. I mean, you know, there's a million financial advisors out there. There's a million web designers out there. Why should they choose you when they hear of an opportunity just because you're in this group? It's not enough. 
it's not enough to be a member of the group. You have to actually build a relationship with the individual. And that's where the referrals come from. Great point. And it's also said you have to be memorable. You have to have, sometimes you have to have a niche. Um, and let's talk about what, what is your niche? What's, what is different about your approach? Well, one of the things we just talked about, which is um, it, it, it's not canned. I actually almost called it organic networking. Um, I've been called the anti-networker, which of course <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm totally pro-networking, um, but just not doing it in the traditional ways. Um, and to really be thinking of a, a long-term approach, to be thinking of a giving approach. Um, and so th- these are some of the concepts that are thread, thread through, but also taking it into the corporate environment. How does relationship translate into leadership? And that's actually why I created a program that is um, really completely unique called the Relationship Driven Leader, because that's mm-hmm. where organizations, um, the rubber hits, hits the road. If you want some more fun s- statistics, I got, I, got a, I got a bunch for you. <laughs> Well, I, I, lo- I love what you – yeah, it's great. Go ahead. Um, you're, you're, so the relationship-driven leader, and that's a course we're going to talk about that's available on your website. But, yeah, go ahead. What, what else do you have? So um, we lose so much money organizationally to turnover, to disengagement. In the U.S., disengagement costs us over $500 billion a year. Turnover is $11 billion a year. There's a study that was out this last year. 83% of employees are looking for a new job. Can you imagine if your coworkers, 83% of them, disappeared, how difficult work would be? Mm-hmm. And people can't retain the ones that they do want. And it, the reason that these things are happening is because of relationships. People don't work for organizations. They work for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they work for their direct supervisor. And if that relationship isn't there, that loyalty isn't there, and that retention isn't there. Michelle, so, repeat that last, that last phrase because it, it – Zoned out for a second there, but repeat that last phrase. You said they don't work for people. They don't work for the organization. They work for the person. They work for for the the boss. And that relationship is what gets us that loyalty and that retention and that productivity because we work hard for people, not for the company. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're hearing that a lot more about the millennials, especially as a group, are saying we want to know what the cause is, not what the profits are. Yes, that's very true. Um, there's um, Each generation has different value systems that they bring within the workplace, and the millennials are very focused on um, the social uh, enterprise and the values behind the organization. What's the cause? What's the why? Yeah, what's the why? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a huge topic these days. Now, with, within all of this, you know, what, learning to be able to communicate what your why is um, – how are people using social media to accomplish that, and how do they use that in their networking efforts effectively? There are so many social media platforms out there right now, it can be overwhelming. And as people who are thinking about kind of really broadening, expanding, and, and deepening their relationships, social um, social media is just one tool in the toolbox that I highly recommend, but I don't want people to over-rely on. Now, I kind of say cap it at three. Right. When there's 2,000 options out there, you could basically never leave your computer and just be on social media all day and never have a real interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally choose LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Those are my three. Um, if you have a, a business that's visually driven, you might want to choose uh, Pinterest. Um, you know, restaurants are Foursquare. You know, there's so many different options out there. Um, but you know, no more than three because you can't really show up when you spread yourself too thin. 
And then yeah. you want to yeah. use them as ways to kind of stay front of mind, right? So that law of familiarity, being in somebody's mind without getting in their face, you can use social media for light touches, for check-ins, um, for sharing and giving value to others by providing information. Good point. So using it as a way to, to touch people, not to hound people. I love the way you phrase that. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And, and again, like you said, yeah, I've, you ever dig up one of those pages that says, here's all the social media, and it's there's there's got to be, well, you said 2,000, but it seems like there's at least 100 to 200 of those different little, and I always wonder, what are what are all the, what do all those do? But I never have time to look into it. But it really depends on who your audience target is and what your industry might be as far, you know, obviously if you have a restaurant or, or a retail store, things like Yelp are very important to your to you. Exactly, and and where you want to focus your energy, um, it's where you are already starts to take the work out of it. Again, my goal is always take the work out of networking. I'm already on Facebook. I was already on LinkedIn. I will tell you, Twitter was a new one for me, and and it was at the request of my publisher, um, and I wasn't all for it. But oh my God, I started to connect to people who I would have never connected to otherwise and actually build relationships through Twitter. So it won me over. Um, But you have to pick the ones that feel comfortable for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And uh, again, these days you're, you're building uh, relationships all over the world on some of those platforms. You're not just confined to, uh, to to where you are. So you never know when somebody's going to pick something up. So especially if you have intellectual properties like books and things like that, that can be, uh, that can be uh, read and, and used all over the world. Um, so now let me ask you a question. If you spend all your time giving, how do you convert to getting results? Does it just happen or what's the conversion process? So things do happen. And, you know, one of the laws is patience, give it time, things happen. That said, you have to help grease the wheels a little bit. So you have to ask. I believe so strongly in giving, but I also believe so strongly in asking. Because if you don't ask, people can't read your mind. And there's some people out there um, that will, will say, what do you need, how can I help? But if you're not prepared to answer that question, then how can you get the results? I once did a talk, and I had a woman right in the front. I'm talking about giving, and I'm so passionate about giving. I actually give the full chapter of The Law of Giving Away on my website, um, michelletillisletterman.com, and I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes. I I give that full chapter away because I want people to have this philosophy. So I'm talking, I'm excited, and this woman very loudly basically heckles me and goes, I'm tired of giving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where's mine? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it it just shut the whole room down. And I'm Mm -hmm. trying to think of my feet really quickly, and I thought, what have you asked for? And she Mm -hmm. said, nothing. And I said, aha, here, I found the problem. If you want results, you need to know what you're looking for, what you're working on, how people can help you, and make requests. And I actually have um, a post I did on how to ask. We've got ways to ask that make it easier for you to ask and make it easier for them to say yes or say no. And that's my rule. Make it as easy for them to say no as it is for them to say yes, and you don't damage the relationship. Oh, okay. That that makes a lot of sense. That way they can they can tell you how they're feeling about a certain thing. Now, how important is is it to start at the shallow end of the ask if you're if you're giving? In other words, like you said, you you'll give away a chapter of your book in in the uh, well in the desire and hope that they'll they'll purchase the entire book, right? Um. Yes and no. Um, it's great if they do, but it's also um, 
I'm happy if people want to just take that philosophy. That's why I chose that chapter to give away. I'm also happy if people uh, join my list and become part of my community. I do little quick videos every week, and I actually right now have a free video training. Um, the third video went live today um, where I can share content and I can share the philosophies and values. And, it's, and as you say, how do results happen? When you um, take that philosophy of giving where I'm, I'm trying to provide value for people, um, I stay front of mind. I have been having more and more requests for speaking. I've had more requests for training. I don't know exactly where all of them come from. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's the trick with saying I'm not getting any results from this. You don't always know how much effort you put in to figure out how you got that referral, how you got the client, how they heard about you. Mm-hmm. You don't always know where your results are coming from. That's a good point. And we're, we really are in a give-to-get type of a society today where uh, – it used to be you held all your information close to the vest and then people would have to engage you for it. And these days, you, you, you're really at a disadvantage if you're adopting that strategy. Right? You have to figure it out, but you also have to figure out that strategy of how do I start to ask? And I think a lot of people might be stuck there because it's all new to a lot of people. All, all of this social media and giving away and giving away um, just seems... Um, you know, it, it's got to come back at some point for a lot of people, and that, I think that's what that lady was saying: is how do I get it back? Yes, absolutely, and um, and all the things you just listed are things that we go in depth in the live program because I want to teach people how to make an ask and enable people to make an ask within that space. So to learn, do I give an opt-out ask? Do I give an alternate ask? A convenient ask? A shrinking ask? Or a non-ask? We have all these different types of asks that make it a little easier for me to understand how do I put this out there to somebody. Um, and not feel uncomfortable when they say no or not feel uncomfortable doing it and not being awkward, you know? <laughs> there's, so, it, well, there's a lot of mental going on there. It, it's confusing because I think we're all good at, at giving, but like you said, it, you have to have that back-end ask at some point um, to to receive something back. You have to... People really want to be told what to do in a lot of cases, and if you can tell it in an appropriate way and, again, give them an out, they'll be a lot more comfortable taking advantage of of the offer or else letting you know, hey, thanks but no thanks, right? That's exactly it. And making Mm -hmm. them uh, uncomfortable in saying no and, and pressuring, that damages relationship. And there's times where I have um, supported people or helped people with things. They never became a client, ever. But you know what? They probably gave me loads of referrals to other people that became clients. Right, right, right. right. And that that's uh, what everything is all about these days, especially when you get into social media is who's going to pass it on, who's going to like it, who's going to send it on uh, to, mm-hmm. to who knows who uh, um, around the world that can take advantage of your offer. So thank goodness that Michelle Tillis Letterman is here to make sense of all of this stuff for a lot of us that are saying, where do we do with all this and how, where do we go from here? So, Michelle, you have a lot of different ways that people can get in touch with you. and We will post those on our website in our show notes as well. But what's the best way for people to start to get in touch with you and, and learn more about things like your book, The 11 Laws of Likeability, and your course, The Relationship-Driven Leader? They can always find me at Michelle with two L's, Tillis, T-I-L-L-I-S, Letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. Um, there's all links to all the other places to find me on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, on Facebook, don't go to the friend page because you're not going to get to see my, my hair in the 80s. Um, go, go to the professional <laughs> page. It says 
comma, author and speaker. Yeah, the p- pictures that people have posted are scary. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Amazon. My third book is actually coming out shortly. It's called Nail the Interview, Land the Job, for those people who are in the traditional space. And uh, I have a free video training out right now. And I don't know if you guys have that URL, um, but it's I'm going to give it to you real fast. It's tinyurl.com slash nt5hk4f. I know those crazy tiny URLs are weird, um, but I I give a a series of videos to teach you about how to make a personal brand, how to deal with difficult people, and um, the one that was launched today is about um, networking and building relationships of the topic we were talking on. And uh, they're only going to be out there for a few more days, so if you like it, go, go check them out now. It's fantastic information. You know, you make it so clear, and it is a, a you know, you, like you said, confidence, clarity, and connection. You you bring it to us in that format, and we really appreciate that. I know a lot of our listeners will get in touch with you, and I hope that uh, uh, we can have you on again sometime in the future. To there's a lot to talk about here, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> there's a lot to talk <laughs> yes, about, and, and you bring it you bring it to us clearly. So thank you so much for joining us again, Michelle. I look forward to the next time we speak. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Have a good one. Thanks. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your sellability score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 